The Light FM presents Community Spotlight, a program designed to focus on what's important to you in your community. Now here's Braxton with today's Community Spotlight. And we're glad you're here on Community Spotlight. I'm Braxton Critcher, your host. Thanks for being here. We're going to have a conversation today that needs to be had. But it's one that sometimes is avoided, but really it's a topic that is ultimately forgotten oftentimes. It's about foster care. And I've got Richard Cagle from First Baptist Church in Hendersonville and Alex Williams from Fostering Hopes. Guys, so glad you're here. Thanks for coming on. First, let's do this. Uh, Introduce yourselves. Tell me um, how you got into the foster care community and really, I guess, the, the heart that God has given you for uh, fostering. And um, Richard, I guess we'll start with you. Just just share of the passion God's given you for, for foster care. It's it's kind of interesting how God worked this out. I was going to a local church here in the community, and they had a real passion for fostering. And we watched families love on kids and watched families, my wife and I watched families love on um, other people's children. And it wasn't even a thought to us that we would ever do that. We, we got married later in life and thought we'll probably never have kids, but God had a different plan. So God began to tug on my wife's heart and then she began to have conversations with me. And at first I wasn't really open to it. And then I really sought the Lord and God really showed me in my heart what he wanted me to do. And so we got licensed as foster parents um, cause we saw the need was great. And Immediately, God placed a little boy in our home who is now my adopted son, and he's just the most awesome little child, has bright red hair, and just I can't picture my life being different without Mm. him, Mm. or it would be actually radically different without him. Um, And then God just gradually began to tug on our heart to foster more and more. We even went so far as to... um, move out of our small home and get a larger home so we'd have the space and the beds and the rooms to actually foster more children. So God really began to push us hard to do this next step in our life, and we had no idea that was going to happen. Saying no is easy when God presents something to you, but I think what you're getting at there, and I'm sure listeners could also say the same, and I can in my life, when you do say yes— it's a commitment, but God always shows up, and it's always worth it. Amen. So, man, I, I love hearing stories like that. I, you know, I, I, I love how God works. It's awesome. Amen. It really is. Alex, Amen. I'm sure you have similar stories. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I am not from Western North Carolina originally, which is probably going to be uh, evident I to— I can't tell with your accent. Yeah, I know. No, it's, I, it's often just confused. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I have been—I've been here for about 10 years and have been in the foster care field that entire time. My wife is from uh, the eastern part of the state, and so she's my excuse to be here. Um, but, but similar to Richard, you know, God opened up a door which I didn't even know existed uh, six weeks after— I arrived in the States and that was to help establish and, and build a foster care program with, with a small agency. Uh, and I was there for six years and it was an incredible experience of becoming um, completely entrenched in something that I really didn't know a whole lot about. Um, I do have a family connection uh, to foster care and, and as part of my mother's story. Um, 
but over the last 10 years, I've been working in this field and, and helping to train and license and place children and, you know, seen many, many children adopted. And, um, and it's been an incredible journey, which has had many highs and, and certainly some lows uh, because foster care is a heartbreaking crisis, which is really hidden in plain sight. And, and that's what Richard and I are so excited to be able to be here and share with people and, and bring some much needed education about what's going on on our doorstep mm-hmm. with children who are not asking to be in that situation, yeah. um, but they need us and they need us as believers to step up and start to fill in a gap which is becoming bigger and bigger. Yeah. Alex is with uh, Fostering Hopes, and he's the president of Fostering Hopes. And, you know, we're highlighting the Western North Carolina area, but this isn't just a Western North Carolina area. I mean, that, that, it's not a Western Carolina need. It's a need everywhere, but it's not talked about a whole lot. So, Alex, I'll go to you first. What's something that uh, not too many people know about foster care or the foster community that maybe they should um, that that would kind of be eye-opening to kind of tell the story of what it really is? Um, that's a great question, and it's a big question, and there are so many things that I could say. Um, what what I'm keen to let people know about, the breadth and the impact that foster care has on communities today, but on cu- communities tomorrow. So across the state, we're looking at getting close to about 20,000 children in any given year who are going through the foster care system. Mm-hmm. I think so many people don't even know that. Right. Just, and it, it just, yeah. you, know, you almost you get taken back by that number. Yeah. And it's a huge number. It goes up annually. Uh, it's gone up annually since the financial crisis in 2008. Uh, anybody in the field knows that there is a wave coming because of what's happened through 2020, mm-hmm. that numbers have started to increase but have not got anywhere close to what is going to happen when um, when moratorium on evictions, for example, finally stops and ends. We know that there is a wave of children that is going to blow those numbers sky high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but letting people know the long-term impact and the correlation between foster care and some of the broader hot topic social issues that we see, whether that be homelessness, incarceration, substance abuse, unwanted pregnancy, um, you can draw a straight red line back to foster care as being, in my opinion, the primary on-ramp for so many of those things. A lot of national surveys uh, and all of this stuff is on our website, but you know, one national survey put out about 81% of all incarcerated people in the States have at some point uh, been in foster care. Wow. Um, and, you know, homelessness rates, um, substance abuse rates, you know, it, you know we, we need to meet those needs and have ministries to meet those needs today. Uh, but if we want to get upstream and, and stem that flow, we have to start with foster care. I feel like most people, like Alex said, they don't realize the need is so tremendous and it's right in your plain sight. It's right in front of you because that was where we were. When my wife and I started attending that small church, um, we had no idea that the need was there. And, And I think a lot of Christians, it's not that they don't see it. It's that they're not aware how big the problem is. Um, because no one's going to walk up to you and say, hey, I'm a foster child or, hey, you know, I know someone who needs you to help them. That's a pretty rare conversation in church. Um, 
And so I realized my passion behind this is to educate more church people to see the need and to see that you don't have to make the huge commitment that I've made to be a foster parent and then go on to adopt a child, but you can actually do something. Everybody can do something. It it might be a small thing, but that adds up over time. Um, It's easy to feel like someone else can do it, but the need, like Alex said, is becoming so large my thought is the church needs to be filling these needs. The church, the global church, not just here in Western North Carolina, the church needs to be stepping up and loving children. Cause every time that I, um, I think about my children that I've fostered and I'm currently fostering and my child that I've adopted, I think of how God accepted us. And he talks about having the faith of a child and, I know that children are so open to the gospel. And so if church people can really love on these kids and give them hope and give them, um, you know, purpose in life and a wonderful home, then we'll, we'll stop seeing this repetition and, and people continuing to go through the system. And, and then those people have children and then those kids go into the system. We can break that, um, almost like bondage that's, that's there mm-hmm. of people that keep going through this because the church has stepped up and loved on these people, these children. Yeah. And to really piggyback on what, what Richard said, you know, having worked with hundreds and hundreds of families and children, uh, one of the things which always gives me encouragement and I love to share is that, that in a lot of ways, foster care is an incredible, incredible embodiment of the kingdom. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. You know, so on one end of the spectrum, you have re- reunification, children being able to go home with their biological parents in a healthy way. And that, that, um, that, that is a, a model of grace and redemption. And it's, and, it's, and it's powerful when that happens. Mm-hmm. And then the other end of that spectrum, which is what Richard has also experienced, is adoption. And as believers, we know that we know what that means to be grafted into a new family. Mm-hmm. And so you have these two bookends and there's a lot of space in between. But when we talk about walking out and living out and being the hands and feet of Jesus, there is the capacity within foster care to be real flesh, making a difference, breaking cycles, um, impact makers. And yeah. it's it's an incredible concept to to be open to. Yeah. And, and, and I think this is eye-opening for, for me and, and for, for anyone listening, but it, it's such a big topic to unpack. And it can be a little bit overwhelming for somebody that doesn't know a whole lot and they're hearing this stuff for the first time and they kind of feel a burden that they might could be able to do something, but they don't know where to start. So maybe Richard, in your experience, when you first got into it, you know, you kind of told part of your story. You were like, ah, you're very hesitant. Maybe somebody's in those exact shoes right now. What would you tell them? What's that first step? If they want to get involved, how can they? Well, what, what we did is we watched other people who were fostering. We watched their interactions at church and heard some of the stories. And then that's what gave us an idea that we wanted to, to do this. And then of course God used that. Um, I also believe that, you know, reaching out to, to ministries or churches that are already fostering or have things in place that have to do with foster care. I call it 
like getting your feet wet, do a little something and see, see what happens and see where you might be able to fit in and do something that God's called you to do because um, everyone can do something, right. but just hard to know what that something is if you don't experience maybe on a lower level and then work your way up to that. And that's right. kind of what we did. We kind of did behind the scenes and then all of a sudden we took the big leap because we felt God calling us to do that. Mm-hmm. And th- when we talk about fostering, you know, people think, oh, they hear the word foster and like, well, I, I can't do that. I-, I can't have another child. I can't afford it. Or I'm- it's just not feasible. I don't have enough room in my house. I can't put up another child. I would love to, but I can't. But I think what you're talking about there is there- there's someone, there's there's a there's a way for someone to always be involved. There's there's always a need there. And maybe, Alex, you could talk. If someone can't foster, what else could they do? What other needs are there that they could be involved in? So, so one of the key goals of Fostering Hopes is to engage the entire community to be able to find the seat at the table. And so you're right. A small percentage of people are going to become foster parents. Mm-hmm. We need more of those people. Um, but if you're part of a church or a, a business or you're just an individual, um, w- our program is designed and set up to help guide you in whatever county you're listening from to help guide you and connect you to the right people in order to use your skills, your passions, your calling in order to make a difference. Whether that's you being a vocal person to help encourage your church to establish a foster care ministry that Fostering Hopes wants to be able to be uh, a voice and an expertise to help guide what that looks like, whether that's helping to establish or donate to to foster care clothing closets, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's you know wanting to, to be involved in, in putting together welcome backpacks for children because too many times children come into foster care with just the clothes on their back mm-hmm. and foster parents have maybe 45 minutes to get ready. That's not time to go to the store and get toiletries and in pajamas for a five-year-old girl. Uh, And so if a social worker can just grab a bag, which has got, you know, a weekend's worth of supplies for a five-year-old girl or whatever it may be, that makes a difference. Yeah, good deal. So you can find them, Fostering Hopes NC on Facebook, and then also Fostering Hopes with an S, fosteringhopes.org. And Richard, how could they get in touch with you uh, if they had any questions? Well, they could go to First Baptist's website, and there's a link there under ministry. And and that and that website, by the way, fbchnc.org. It's uh, First Baptist Church, Hendersonville, North Carolina.org. The initials, uh, the abbreviation there. So fbchnc.org. And then there's a link there. People can um, reach out directly through email to me through the church. There's things there that they can see. There's resources that will be there. And and, and I, I would just encourage you, the listener, if if you feel that you could help in some way, you know, uh, then don't let it go another day without doing some research or contacting one of these guys. Get in touch with them. It's obvious they, they want to help you as you start your journey. So don't don't go it alone. Um, reach out, but but if if you feel that burden, then 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 get involved because you know there's a need. And if if you feel that God could use you in in some some way as small as packing some backpacks, you know maybe that's where your calling is right now. So reach out to these guys. I know they'll help you. Um, but but this is a big need. 
So let's let's try and take a little chunk at it um, as as we can. So, guys, uh, this, there's a lot of other things I'd love to discuss. So uh, if you need to learn more, you can always reach out to them. You can find them there online on Facebook. Richard Cagle with First Baptist Hendersonville and Alex Williams with Fostering Hopes. So, guys, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Rex. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's Community Spotlight, covering issues that matter to you in your community. If you have a suggestion for a future program, just call 800-330-9648. That's 800-330-9648. Be sure to join us next week for another Community Spotlight with Braxton on The Light FM.